and the trick here is like finding the right audience, you know, because like, because the, because when I want to tell people about, Hey, here's how to think about versioning for video games, you know, like who the f- wants to hear about that? Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to episode 292 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games program. I'm Adam and I'm covered in cat hair. I'm Sam and I make math noises. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is January 3rd, 2021. Dunk oh, on everyone. dear. Before we get started, we have a warning. This is an explicit podcast. Explicit. That's the It's rated term. E for explicit. That's the industry term for it got swears. Uh, we'd also like to thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. We got a new, we got a new one guys joe joe says joe says i only bought you two coffees which means each month two of you have to drink out of the same coffee simultaneously that is not COVID safe please (laughs) film it and send it to me joe i feel like i feel like you're confused with the sort of business we're running over here joe this is sort of content (laughs) other places (laughs) other places to get it Uh uh-huh even if it wasn't in COVID times that would be a you can't, ask. yeah. You can't just, uh, you know, you can't just make demands like that. That's it's not safe. It's not sanitary. It's also so, going to cost a lot more. I'm going to be honest. Like that's main of the deal. You know, it's yeah. more than a cup of coffee. Yeah, we're going to need at least fifty more cents so we can cover the gas, uh, so that we can meet up in the same place and drink out of the same cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a lot. Uh, also, you, does explicit really just mean there's profanity? Is that the only thing that it means? Could it imply other things like? That it talks about, it implies drugs. all of the bad stuff. Basically, is there any? Is, yeah. it, is any? They always they always flag podcasts on say um, on Apple Podcasts or Google whatever they changed it to this month. Uh, yeah, it's always <laughs> explicit, just meaning that we didn't bleep anything. But that's all it is, Ex- right? Yeah, explicit is like you can see the stuff that the people put into this, and we didn't cover it up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you, because I, I know that in some contexts, I like on the on on on, like on radio, like on regular old non-internet radio, you know, that they'll bleep out like the word drugs sometimes and stuff. Yes. So like, is yep. the, is the word drugs mm-hmm. also explicit? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I I think. An explicit episode is one that is just not censored in any way. Right. Yeah. But if you say things that nobody wants to censor. Yeah, it's not explicit. It's, yeah. I mean, technically, the episode is explicit. It just doesn't have any content that, in it. Right. That right. people so, would. <laughs> so if there are no beeps, no matter what the content is. because we I that's, mean, ex- that's explicit. Yeah. Otherwise, we're talking about what, how, do we, how do we draw the line. But if the line is just like, if it's got beeps – then it's not explicit. Yeah. Yeah, that's because that you, you can't see some of the stuff. I get behind that. I want to see it all. Uh, let's talk about 2021. Woo. It is the first episode of 2021. We made it, everybody. We got past 2020, although it kind of feels a little bit like it's still going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weirdly, <laughs> weirdly, all of the, the things that are a problem with 2020 don't respect the change in the calendar year. Yeah, for example, 2020 started in March last year, yeah. which was which was weird. Um, 
didn't like that. I think 2021 <laughs> is actually also going to start this coming March-ish. What really would have yeah, been nice is if you if you were able to get a vaccine in December. You know what yeah. I mean? Because like that would be like just sort of perfectly line you up with the calendar. Yeah. Just yeah. feel now like that, it's a new year. That might be true this upcoming December. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. So er, hang in there, everybody. You know, this is – it kind of reminds me of when we – Probably when we first started this whole quarantine business, we were talking about how this was similar in nature to Sam's um, uh, random duration. Yeah, random duration cancer treatment where they're like, I don't know, you could be in it for three days or three months. So, like, buckle up, buddy. Mm-hmm. And if you approached it with the intent of like only looking forward to being done with it, then it was just miserable the whole time. As opposed to just saying, I'm here now. I'm going to just have a great time and make the most of it now that I'm, you know, trapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which um, is, of course, acknowledging that you can't have a truly great time when you're getting cancer of treatment course not. <laughs> or, or when you're, you're in quarantine in your house for two years. As great but as one can. As great you know, as great, one can. Yeah. <laughs> great, times are, great times are always relative yeah. uh, <laughs> to, to some baseline. Um but yeah, so so this year it's going to be a weird one. It's going to start off weird. You know, this is the time where you'd make your New Year's resolution and then you'd go to the gym for the next 2 weeks. Well, you can't you can't start off the year right this mm-hmm. time around because you can't go to the gym for the first 2 weeks. So here's what to do instead, you know, get some YouTube videos and do some home workout exercises for the next 2 weeks and then quit. And yeah. then it's just like every other year. You then know? you've got it. You've, you've, or yeah. this could be the first year that you just don't start that bullshit at all. And you just you just look at your deep truth and ask, will I really do this? And if the answer is no, yeah. don't even start doing it. Don't mm. even start. This is the year where you resolve to just be true to yourself and make no resolutions and just accept that you are a fixed, unchanging, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> habit-forming Animal, you're you're a collection of habits, and, and you you will you're not going to change them. You're just on rails, buddy, and that's just how it is now. You know, it's okay? so funny when you describe it like this because it's like <laughs> having someone describe you like that is horrifying yeah, and bad. an insult. But at the same time, like <laughs> it's not it's, wrong. It's not wrong, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, depending on like which because everyone's got stuff that they just have a very hard time getting turned around, you know. And uh, it's very uncomfortable having someone be like, you're just stuck here, buddy. And in fact, it might yeah. be uncomfortable enough to make you motivated by pure rage to <laughs> to actually yeah, – Spite. Spite yeah. is one of the best motivators, I think. I can't tell you. It's Whatever so it takes to motivate people, you know. That's what we're here for, uh, you know. Yeah, anger, rage. <laughs> uh, yeah, you show us that we're wrong spite. about you, that you can change, you can change all your habits. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I don't believe in any of you guys, frankly. <laughs> uh, I've got – I got no reason to. You're just people. We're all just people. Have you met people? People are just monkeys. they're ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> they are ridiculous. I was thinking recently about how I don't know. I, I haven't been able to like put this into words, but this, there's this like idea in my brain. So Now's you, the time. So, so well, you, we're live on. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna give it a shot because it's it's been weirding me out a lot. Uh-huh. Okay, so so think about like a you know like like a plastic doll. You know, like it's got a head. It's hollow. Is right. this the one with the creepy eyes that open and Just close? Just any doll. It doesn't even tilt? matter. Just like okay. – Think about a creepy one. A doll with a plastic head, right? So now like if you were to like cut a – if you needed like to open its mouth, like if you cut like a slit where its mouth was, like 
I don't like this. That's but go that's, ahead. That's what it is now. Like it's it's like it's like a plastic it's like a plastic rubbery veneer with like a slit that just goes into a, a v- cavern. You know, uh-huh. and for some reason, like <laughs> that, like mental image, <laughs> mental image, just recently has been like mapping onto just people for me, right? So when I'm looking at people, and I'm like watching like a TV show or whatever, I'm looking at people, and I see them like their mouths open, and there's just like there's just a slit going into a, a hole, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then these just like these like bones, you know, gating gating at the entry, and I was like. This is fucked up. This actually started <laughs> when I was watching that Netflix show about alien, like the whatever it's called, the it's alien like worlds, the, alien, alien, alien worlds, worlds. Right? the fake documentary about <laughs> aliens on on other planets. And I was looking at how like fucked up and gross some of these things looked, and like some of them has like really translucent pale skin and stuff. And I was like, people are just exactly this gross, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah, like objectively you know like like this like weird like <laughs> rubbery skin with like holes in it that so like, you've been able to take a sort of a third person alien worldview of the things you're looking at and it's yeah. almost sort of obtrusive at this point it's like, grossing me out <laughs> you know yeah that happens anyway, sometimes sometimes you'll watch happens. something and it just sort of like it just makes you it gives you a little eyeball refresher on things and sometimes it's not a good kind of refresh you know no yeah, and it's weird how like you can tell when someone's happy when they show you their face bones. Yeah, you know, it's fucking mm-hmm. weird. They're just like, look, look, <laughs> look, look, at, look at these at, bones. Look at these bones uh, in my in my head hole. Yeah, because I mean, it's because like, you're looking at these. Like, if you watch a nature documentary or you watch this like fake alien, you know, nature show or whatever, uh-huh. uh, it's the same deal. It's just like they're they're talking about these animal displays. It's like this this animal wants to have sex with this other animal, and so to. To, to get ready, it like jumps around and moves its head in a weird way, right? And we're all laughing, like, "Oh, look at this goofy animal doing this weird shit." Meanwhile, at the nightclub, yeah, meanwhile, <laughs> at the nightclub, we're, we're like flinging our arms around randomly, you know, to the to the beat in hopes of, of a, attracting a mate, <laughs> hopes of attracting a mate, and like, yeah, and then like, and then we have like this thing we invented called money that isn't it's just a thing we invented, right? That we use as a status symbol, you know, in the same way that like a bird like gets a shiny rock, you know? Yeah, and then we buy jewelry for each other, like. Because it's expensive and because it's a shiny rock, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just we're just yeah. We we haven't really animals. moved. We haven't really moved that far. Uh, well, there, from, and there's nowhere to baseline. move because, like, it, no matter what we were doing, we'd just be weird fucking animals doing made up stuff, you know. Honestly, this is something that really bothered me when I was in my mid twenties. Not not that we are animals, but that there was no next step. Yeah. Because when you are growing up, you're sort of like morphing. A lot, yeah, right. You're like you're you're actually changing form, like a, like a, I don't know, like a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for real. Like when you're a baby, I mean, think about the difference between a baby and then like a five year old, a ten year old, an eighteen. And like year I, ha- old I have distinct right? memories of being in like second grade and sitting cross legged and kind of looking down at my tiny legs and being like, these are good. These are going to be a lot longer later like, these, <laughs> like this is it's gonna be kind of cool like it's kind of cool how small they are right now but they're gonna get real long at some point and that's kind of cool too and just kind of like knowing that you were going to morph over mm-hmm. time was kind of fucking awesome and then i there was kind of this like depressing point in my mid-20s where i was like i guess i this is my final form now like there's i can't I yep. can't ascend to some next level. But actually, it's even worse than that. Now you're decaying for the rest of time. Yeah, well, no, you're, I think you're locked in, and it just kind of gets worse. Here's what I think it is. Here's here's my twist. I think the ascension, uh-huh. the continued ascension, happens just in your mind. 
just invisibly. That's the problem is that there's no physical manifestation of your continued, you know, mm-hmm. mental growth. Although once you get past, you know, your, your late twenties, mid to late twenties, making those changes to your mind becomes harder and harder. Yep. Cause there's also this problem of the, the explore exploit, uh, algorithm, mm-hmm. right? When you are young, you were like, I have a lot of time and not a lot of resources, right? So I'm just going to do as many things as I can. And I'm going to like try to learn new stuff. I'm going to drive cars into things, you know, just young people stuff. Mm -hmm. But eventually, you know, you get to your, you get to a point where you've been alive for 30 years, something like that. You've seen enough things that you feel like it's time to sort of like, settle in, stop taking so many risks and try to take advantage of all the stuff that you've learned through all your exploration to like build a good life for yourself, you know? So there's like this inherent thing baked into your mind to try to get you to, to settle in, stop taking risks. That's not true at all. It's that, it's that you're not allowed to take risks anymore because society is structured in such a way that as you get older and older, your responsibilities grow. Well, but yeah. think about it. When was the last time you jumped on a trampoline, Adam? When was the last time I saw a trampoline? When was the last yep. time you tried to do a flip? I mean, well, it was a while. It was a while, while ago. ago. What is what what point are you driving home here? It's a lot of trampoline centric uh, questions. I'm saying there was a there was a time. There, okay, so there was a time in your life where it was worth it to try doing flips because you could have turned out to be real good at doing flips. And that's something that you could have exploited. No, no, no. Nowadays, uh, nowadays you're like, oh my God, if I do a flip, I'm going to die. No, like, I think it's I'm that just, as a kid, I had now. nothing better to do than try yeah, to I, flips, I don't think there's you know? a, I don't think there's a conscious explore exploit going on. I don't think I so think either. Kids don't give no, a fuck. No, I think it's subconscious. Well, I, mean, I think I'm, it's there. I still disagree because I, th- I think kids just I don't give a fuck. And so and they're, they're more bored. able to explore. So they get to be bored. Yeah, adults always, and I feel like especially, you know, in our generation with all the, frankly, with all of the recession and general financial shit we've seen, like, we're always focused on trying to work and get a little, like, you know, everyone's burned the fuck out, basically. And I think the the difference there is that, like, giving yourself the time is, I think, what gets harder as an adult to just be like, I'm going to go figure out how to do, you know, the equivalent of whatever a flip is. In my 30s, which is whether it's I'm going to go write some music for the first time or like actually play a guitar or something. You know what I mean? I think it's there. I think it's just that – I think it's just the the nature of well, – Well, I think I think part of it too is like when you're younger, you don't, you don't f- understand the amount of work that it takes to truly become really good at something because you true. haven't done it yet. Also, you don't have to pay for insurance for your house, which gets jacked up by owning a, a trampoline. Significant. Very important. Yeah, that's specifically true. Also, yep. also you just specifically go over for to people's houses, like all the t- you just like ride your bike to somebody's house and, and you just go there without. And you're just like ring the doorbell and you're like, oh hey, let's go hang out now and like let's go jump on your trampoline, right? Uh, which which like nope, we you know adults don't do that anymore. You, yeah. know, you don't go over to think, each other's but houses. But thinking to- about like like I was a swimmer in high school, and there was a point at which I could envision. Uh, being a swimmer as having a degree of value to me, right? Because like I could have gotten scholarship for that, and it could it could like being a really good swimmer could open up all kinds of 
cool opportunities. Yeah, opportunities to calcify, you know, because like you being a good swimmer provides you an opportunity to go to college, which is a societal construction and requirement to then progress to the next level. And each next level is actually solidifying because you have to be contributing in some way. And it's that contribution in that sense that actually provides the value, unless you're such a good swimmer that you can like go to the Olympics, you know, and, you know, until you're 30 or whatever. Uh, and, and you spend 12 hours a day swimming so that you can make that happen. Right. Yeah. Um, But you always think like, if you're, you know, if you're like 13 years old or something, you could imagine yourself going to the Olympics. You know, you get, you, you're like, hey, I'll try. I'll, sure, yeah. I'll, I think, run, I'll run track and field. I'll but do I think you're things, doing like, I think, but, but what you're saying here is I think exactly the opposite of what you're originally saying, right? Because now here you're, you're doing something to exchange it for some other future value, right? So here, cause like we're talking about doing a flips in the trampoline. You're just doing that because it's fun and you want to see if you can do it, right? Versus I want to become a swimmer because I can exchange that for some future value, right? And I think that is the, the switch and like our approach that, that moves you into adulthood, right? Where now there has to be a reason. Yep. You need to exchange things for value. And that's where you die. I'm gonna be honest. Like that's, that's where the, the calcification sets in. <laughs> like you gotta you gotta just well, do no, dumb you don't, shit. That's fun. Like you I don't gotta stack origami papers. I'm gonna just fold some origami. Some, well, do I feel like I'm gonna go to the origami Olympics or like right no, this has no value whatsoever. I'm just interested in it. But I don't think that's I don't think that's a reasonable framing to say that's where you die. Like because you found something that you enjoy the most, and then you spend most of your time doing that thing. That wasn't what he was oh, talking no. about. Dead? That's not what I'm talking about. I think that's great. I think it's a great thing. He's, he's talking <laughs> about the exchanging for value. Probably. Yeah, I think, I think you die if you, if you start viewing your time only through the lens of what you can exchange it for value, like just in the future or whatever else. Because even in the case of doing something you're really good at, uh, where does this leave you when it comes to adopting the next version of that or the newest or exploring new ideas to infuse that with something fresh? And it's a yeah. new concept. And, like, and which we've all felt all the time. You know, it's like whenever I want to sit down and, you know, learn a new programming language, for example, which I used to do every once in a while because it just seemed like it would be fun to do, right? Which is actually why I'm a programmer today. Uh, but now I'm like, mm, which one of these is the most useful though? Yeah. You know, like which, which one of these could I extract the most potential future value from, because if I don't pick that one, then even if I am doing it just to enjoy it, I want to make sure that I can still capture whatever possible value the thing could have, which is the same deal with like hobbies and stuff too, right? It's like, uh, if, if I want to spend more time just writing, just writing stuff, it's like, well, I don't want to write and then just write, you know, like I should show that to people. But then if I'm going to show that to people, how do I, I show it to it a, a lot of people? Way. I got to yep. do it a different way. And if I'm going to show it to a lot of people, can I make money off of that somehow? You know, like uh, everything, everything starts to spiral into converting every interesting thing into, and then you like, fuck, even playing games, right? Like now you can't even just play games because then you're like, should I stream this? You know, should I turn this, <laughs> should I turn this into a career? Should I turn this into a career? Should I, yeah, a, yeah. Should I get into esports? You know? Well, I, yeah, but I, I would just, yeah, the, the framing of that though, to me is just like, I think that's just what's hard about being an adult is that everything is expensive and you, you always need, you always need money. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so it feels, it feels almost, almost wrong uh, as an adult to just do something for fun. And I'm, I'm not saying it is wrong. I'm just saying like that, that feeling is there where you, where you always in the back of your mind, you're thinking like, if I really like this, like there's gotta be some way I can like, turn it into cash, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But well, I think it's, not even, it's not even about curse. it being wrong. Yeah. Cause it's, cause they, it's, I think to me it's less about it feeling wrong than it is about, uh, 
because because you know financial security is just like the most important thing as an adult then mm-hmm. then the question is not is not like it's not necessarily you know well, I shouldn't do this because it won't promote that but it's instead how could I use this to promote that right and so it changes it changes the frame because like you never jump on a trampoline as a kid and think. I could maybe I could make money doing this. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, yeah, you do it because it's fun, and that's the and, old, and also that's the end. What, that is the fun. What, and also, reason. a lot of things when you're a kid are are, are almost purely socially driven. Well, yeah, right? I want to link this back to the theme of the year, which is actually a lot of things are about dunking on people. When you think about, it. like the reason you learn how to do a flip on trampoline is because most people can't. Is yep. So you could cool. be that kid. So you could be that kid in your class who can do a sweet, sweet flip. Yeah. Well, think mm-hmm. of how many things we did too. Like when we were when we would all be on the trampoline and trying to like see how how high up we could eject each other with like the timing of the jumps. You know, mm-hmm. the goal there was to see who could get it up the highest. And who could cause a person to go up the highest? Because like everything was a fucking competition about dunking on everybody else. Like that was yep. <laughs> that was the whole thing. So we, we did things because it was fun and because we thought we could find a way to do no matter what dumb thing it was that we thought we could do it better than everybody else. Yeah, because everybody wants to be recognized for being good at something. Yeah, and when you're a kid, you know? that can be anything. It could be anything. I remember like there was like there was a kid in I, I'm sure everybody could think back to like when they were in school. Like there was a kid in your class who everybody knew was real fast. Oh yeah. yeah. Fast yep. kid. Real fast runner. Who's hey, who's the fastest runner in your workplace? Do you even know? <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't know that. Who in your who who of your colleagues can like do a backflip? Do you know? Mm-hmm. But you knew that. You knew that in school because that was all you had. <laughs> it was just your raw physicality because you didn't have yeah, much going on upstairs you yet. Just, you know? Yeah, you just run around and do flips and and run. That was pretty much all you had. Mm-hmm. But uh well, I think, I mean, what are you guys going to do this year? Yeah, I think this, dunk. this gets in the question for everybody. So for podcast listeners, you know, we do, I think every every New Year's we try to think about uh, whether it's resolutions or a question to kind of ask people to get them, get them to think about stuff. And this year, the question is just, what are you going to do to dunk on people this year? Dunk meaning to show off, to, you know, whatever, whatever the context is, to just be like, Look, I'm real good at this, guys. Look how good I am. You know. Uh, well, what are you going to do to run fast in the playground or to do a flip, basically, this year, right? Uh, yeah, because you also have to do it without, while still appearing to be humble, you know. So, like, that's that's always. So, you just have to well, be good at you, it. Yeah, in a visible you don't need way. to. Yeah, don't be braggy about no. it. Just go, just do it. You know, no, 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 no. I'm going to hard disagree. It's, I'm going to say a duck is. is a physical brag, like look yeah, what yeah, I yeah, can but do. It's, but it's not a. But it's a. It's there's an implicit. Bra- it's not braggadocio, braggad- whatever the braggadocio, fuck yeah, braggad- bravado, uh, whatever you want, bravado. Yeah, it's it's implicit because the because the 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 there is the an thing, audience. The visible thing, right, is so spectacular, yeah. and there is an audience who witnesses it. That no braggery is that a word. No bragging is required. <laughs> uh, because I want to, I, I think it's uh, the word brag, bragitude, <laughs> bragitude, brag. So yeah, but no, no explicit bragging is required, right? Because like you just were spectacular, and everybody knows it. And to me, that's the that is the pinnacle of dunking on mm. someone else is that you don't have to say, you don't have to say it. Because this is the, this is the part where you hear, you hear things like you know, like Kanye West is a great example, right? He's a good rapper, like but supposedly one of the best, all that kind of stuff. Like that's all true. But he fucking brags about it all the time. And mm-hmm. then you just like, oh, this guy's such a 
douche, you know, because all you do <laughs> is talk about how great he is, right? And it can be true. But if you have to talk about it, it takes away, you know? Mm, that's true. Because he it, didn't need it, to. He could have just, like, made really good rap, which he did do, right? Like, he could have stopped there. And then everybody would be like, wow, this guy's really fucking good. Yeah, he <laughs> did real good at, at baking tons of rap, you know? Yep. He's, a, he's a great rap, rap guy. But, man... That moment when he went on stage and yoinked Taylor Swift <laughs> right. or whatever. That's no, the was beginning it? of the end. I yeah. Did, yeah. So anyway, what are you going to do, <laughs> uh, Sam? What's your dunk? Well, mine is still art related, but I think I've I have a couple. Well, I mean, yeah, it's got to be in your wheelhouse if it's a dunk. Yeah. You can't go. You can't go like dunk on someone by learning rudimentary German. Mm-hmm. You know, That's by, not going to work. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> So my dunk, I think, will be – it'll be a later in the year thing, but the unveiling of Crashlands 2 is going to be my my finale dunk of, of 2021. And, and the, the art specifically in that context. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then otherwise, uh, I'm going to be doing the character design challenge every month. So it'll be a post on my Instagram, put one for December up already. And uh, those are just really fun things to just kind of go, you know, be a weirdo, make something weird. And then on the personal side, uh, if it's the case that I can escape quarantine, then I'm going to try to get my sleeve tat. Because yeah. as far as like dunking, emerging from quarantine, it has its own little fun like thing going it's, on for me. Which we're is all like going to reconnect like old lost friends. Yes. Or like, or like a, deb- a debut, you know? Like, yes, it feels like, like a debut. Your Victorian like, debut where all the, all the kids okay. come out to I marry I got long hair now. You know, my wife got me like a cool ring for my uh, my five year cancer thing. So like, I have like a heavy looking ring on one of my fingers. Oh, you could get and you could get like tat. five more rings, you know? So you just have the full just like sucking, every yeah. every finger has a ring. I just gonna show up and have people be like, he cool. looks he looks like the sort of person who will do the dunking that happens later in the year. You know what and I mean? Also, like, he looks like the sort of person who just went through two years of quarantine. Also, that yeah, you know, he's yeah he he's been through some shit. <laughs> uh, That's my so. Story. There's a in. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is my favorite dumb show. Um, It's a very dumb show. (laughs) Uh, There's these these aliens called Chronicoms. They are robots, basically. But they're, like, also aliens somehow. And they live forever. They're immortal. And they have this sort of, like, traditional greeting where one of them will say, Hello, it's been a long time. You look the same. <laughs> and, the other, and then the other one says, as do you. <laughs> so don't, you know, don't be a chronicom. Like when you emerge from your quarantine cocoon, you don't want people to say, it's been a long time. You look the same. Yeah, I think, I mean, you again, know. there's got to be a moment here, like a decisive emerging to, to really set, put this thing in the rear view mirror. You know what I mean? So I, anything you could do to kind of hype, heighten that up, I think is, is a good dunking opportunity. So that's my, mm-hmm. that's my take. It will be hard to get a full sleeve and then also have like a, a debut because it'll take you months to get the full sleeve put together. And you want me to do that until you're supposed to be debuting. Until you're out. Of, I know. So you got to it's, you it's find, you know, thread the needle here somehow. A long what needle. about you two? What are your dunking activities? Okay. So I got, I got triple dunks coming up. What you got? Okay, so one is I want to do I want to do at least three game jams this year. I mean, didn't do any last year. Uh, didn't do solo group. What kind of a? I don't even care. 
Okay. I'm, I'm going to do them. And if anybody else comes <laughs> in, that's welcome. That's welcome, but it's on you, you know? Uh, but hopefully something like Ludum Dare or something where there's actually like a judging because mm. that's where dunking happens, yep. right? Like being at the top of a list. Um, <laughs> you don't forget the top of a list. Yeah. You, you have to dunk from up high on the, yeah. on the way, list. I think this is also <laughs> an important point here because we had uh, one of our one of our friends uh, did Ludum Dare a little while ago. And uh, and was bummed because uh, they because they, like he they really wanted to get like his team really wanted to get in the top I can't remember you know ten or whatever, uh, but there's like what is it, like thir- three thousand submissions or something, something like yeah. that, and they were in the top two percent. And I was like, yeah. what the fuck are you bummed about? You did better if than ninety eight percent of all. Of yeah, <laughs> if you placed three hundred out of six thousand, like that's fucking awesome. That's great. Yeah. That's a good that's job. That's really that's yeah. really so, good. So as you're dunking on people this year, remember perspective. You know, well, you, you got to know the the threshold where the dunk actually happens at, right? Yeah. Because like, you know, you just you just need to dunk just over the rim. It is you don't need to come in from the sky just over yeah, the rim. You don't you need know? to be an orbital strike dunk. Mm-hmm. You just got to get the you just got to get up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so all right. So number one is the game jams. Number two is much like Sam's thing. Once I have a sense of of uh, quarantine ending, sort of figuring out uh, a a plan to become a monster again, because mm-hmm. I've in terms of just physical, yeah, I want to be like nearing two hundred pounds by the time I come out of quarantine. Right now I'm like one seventy five, so I've got like a I've got a way to go uh, on that one. And I think the I think the biggest I've ever been is 197 pounds. So mm-hmm. I think I can I think I can do it. Uh, we've got the home gym set up, so it's then just a matter of. Uh, and also, right now our home gym is is not insulated, and there are holes in the windows. <laughs> it's very it's very cold. In this there. though is how you get one punch man strength. That's, That's true. true. <laughs> <laughs> and I already don't have the hair, so I feel like yeah, you're already like, halfway there. Yeah. Uh, and then my final, my final thing is I want to become a gladiator in World of Warcraft arenas. Ooh. It's something I've been slowly working toward. Uh, that means a, a, a rating of 2,400 or above, which is uh, uses the same rating system as chess. So it's kind of like 1,500 is like your baseline. Like I just started and that's it's my where you, you like rating. You swap ratings or something, right? It's like when you challenge people, then they go down and you go up. Yeah, right. they go down and you go up by some amount proportional to the differential between your rating. So if you're like 1,500 and you beat somebody that's 2,000, then you're going to go up by like a shit ton and they're going to go down by a shit ton, right? Mm, yep. um, so there's a lot of matchmaking to it and stuff, but uh, it's very hard. This and, and this particular PvP season that just started is – uh, it is so fast paced. I'm pretty confident that this is an impossible goal for me uh, because I just can't handle it. But I'm going to try anyway. <laughs> yeah, try to stretch. Yeah, yeah. So you got to stretch to dunk. Got to stretch goals. Yep. Nobody dunks just standing there except for the high, really, really tall so people. Highest I've ever gotten is 2150 in the past. So I need like a 250 more points uh, okay, to, yeah. to reach it this season. That still so seems pretty that. good. Adam, what it, was, are your it was pretty good, but um, yeah. so uh, so one thing I haven't really gotten to do much in the past few years is is share publicly share the weird and cool stuff that that I've been doing, um, and so 
I, I feel like I'm doing cool stuff that most people aren't doing, or, th- or at least thinking about things in a different way or whatever, um, for, for, you know, for the, for our work. Um, but I don't get to talk about it. And so what I want to do is actually get to spend more time writing about, um, or making videos about it or whatever, but, but making things that other people can see so they can actually mm. see what it is that I'm doing. Uh, so, so in, in most, in large part, this is a knowledge share thing, right? But the other part is it's a dunking thing, right? It's yep. like, you gotta have like, an audience to dunk. It's know? like, look at, look at this, look at, look at this cool shit that I figured out. Right. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I just haven't got to, cause it, it, it's stuff like, and the trick here is like finding the right audience, you know, because mm-hmm. like, cause the, cause when I want to tell people about, Hey, here's how to think about versioning for video games, you know, like. Who who the fuck wants to hear about that? Right? Where, do I, where do I find that audience? And so, so that's like that is my challenge then for the year is is how do I take all of the disparate and sort of disconnected things that I've learned that each and that I'm doing and each one of those things that has a frankly a completely different a non overlapping target audience. Uh, how do I take all of that and build it into into an information collection that I can actually create visibility for. So, so that's kind of my challenge and my, my dunking goal for the year is to be able to like make that stuff public and have people care and yeah. be like, Ooh, that's cool. This is actually useful for, for me because I managed to find, I managed to thread the needle light and get the information constructed correctly and to the right people that, that it can be appreciated. And so you're, used. so you're basically saying like you already are dunking, but there's just nobody in the state. In you got to make the dunk visible. <laughs> if a tree dunks in the forest, did it dunk yeah. at all? No. Make the dunk visible as a core tenet of DevOps. Yeah, exactly. So that's, <laughs> so that's my, that's my big goal for the year is less, is less to do new stuff than it is to, is to make the stuff that I do visible. Mm-hmm. Cause it's hard to, it's hard to know, like, am I dunking? Am I not dunking? Like, I actually don't know like how if the stuff that I'm doing is clever or even good, you know, because yeah. it's when you make the dunk visible and there's an audience that you could discover, oh shit, I've actually this thing that I thought was a dunk was actually uh mm, maybe a layup. So it's an easy else. one, you know. Well, so it's kinda yeah. like you've been dunking, you're like, oh fuck yeah. And then finally an audience comes and somebody knowledgeable in the audience is like, oh wait a minute, you forgot, and then they walk over yeah. and they crank they crank the the backboard up because it turns out you were only dunking at six yeah. feet and mm-hmm. you, sh- you need four more feet. Yeah. Well, cause I think it's, it's when you, when you make the dunk visible, that's when you get the opportunity to, to like really learn, you know, like really figure out how to dunk better, you know? And also speaking of, speaking of dunking, which we're using this word a lot, we're using this, ba- this basketball metaphor a lot, uh, as, as we brought to our attention in the, in the discord channel, um, we don't know anything about basketball. So our metaphors are very loose, uh, because we know what was, a dunk is, we know what a dunk is. Like, but it was, I feel like we've taken it far enough. <laughs> yeah, no, but but we uh, we in the last episode we we talked about how like you know nobody does a, a like a three pointer competition or whatever, and somebody noted actually they always do that right before they do the dunking competition. So mm. yeah, why do you think they end with the dunking competition? Exactly, because yep. we're still part. It's a warm up. Let's be real, <laughs> right? You know, so we're still right, but also we don't know about <laughs> basketball. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, never, never admit fault. No, you know? absolutely not. Um, uh, okay, do you guys want to just get on to, to questions? Yeah. We'll just do that. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. The highest upvoted question comes from Beaky Boop. who says, Adam, 
Or one of what? the other brothers, oh, if okay. I goofed so, up. So anybody. Uh, if you can't picture things in your head, what is drawing like? Drawing is a horrible experience that I'm terrible at, <laughs> is the short of it. I can do an okay job re- like creating things that I'm just like looking at, if I can really quickly you know, look back and forth. Um, and, uh, and so I, I can do an okay job of that, uh, in particular because it's probably easier for me than other people to to see the details without seeing the whole, which is helpful for for uh, cloning something, right? Because mm-hmm. um, when you're seeing the whole, then it's then you you like you actually are seeing an abstract version of that, and then when you try to recreate that, it turns out you can't because the details aren't there. Um, so that is probably a little bit easier for me than than for a lot of people. But but, yeah, but everything else is terrible. Like if I sit down and try to draw, say like a cat. Then, like, I think I know what a cat looks like, and I sit down. It's it's always when I start to try to draw it that I realize I have no idea at all. <laughs> like, what? So I'll be like, okay, it's got little pointy ears. So we're like, yeah, but I like I can't make a picture in my mind to then map how far apart are they? You know, like how? <laughs> what is like? Where is the face relative to the other stuff? You know, and so so I can't draw things that that are realistic. Like at all, um, from just, imagination. Uh, from imagination, yeah. So I can't. So I basically I can't draw from imagination. And in fact, the more even when I'm thinking about something, like if I, as if I wanted to draw it or whatever, the more I think about it, the the less clear it becomes because it's the discovery that the thing that I am thinking of, which I'm imagining as a picture, is not actually a picture. It's just like a collection of properties and ideas that that isn't a picture. So when I try to like focus in on it, then the fact that it isn't a picture becomes very apparent because like, I'll, I'll be like trying to imagine like a dog or whatever. Right. And, or, you know, like, or my wife's face. Right. And when I first think about it, I'm like, Oh yeah, I know exactly. Like I, I see it, I think. Right. And then I start to like try to pay more attention and like, it's kind of like if you were like, if you only had peripheral vision, you know, so, so that you try to like look at a spot and they're like, Oh God, I can't, like there's nothing. Mm-hmm. There's actually nothing there, right? And you try but when to, it's as long as you're not focusing on it, you have a sense of like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I yeah, know I'm what's over sure. there. Well, it's because it sounds like what it is is actually like you do have visual imagination, visual obviously visual matching capability. Uh, it's just that they're not they seem not accessible. Yeah, it's not accessible with your attention. Right? Yeah. So when yeah. you do, yeah, it's yeah, it's not that if you see a dog, you're like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can always tell like every like things that are familiar. Like I can always tell, you know. Yeah. Um, but familiarity for for me requires a lot of exposure, like a lot of repeat exposure. So mm-hmm. if I drive one block further on accident than usual, you know, then. I might as well be in another country. Like I have no idea what's happening. And even though there's a, there's a coffee shop I really like that's like five minutes south of us, just like down one street. And I never know when to turn ever because the stuff that's leading up to it is like just, just kind of, it's not like it's cloned houses or anything like that, but it's like, it's just enough of like the details are, or there's, there's no the like same. obvious defining details like pop out, you know, that I can kind of memorize. And so every time I go, Every single time I suddenly have to slam on the brakes or <laughs> realize that I've gone too far for like for minutes and haven't noticed because the whole trip, just none of it feels familiar ever. Like none of it has ever felt familiar mm. when, I, when I take that trip. So it's still dep- like, yeah, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of weirdness. You know, I think it. though, when you describe this, cause, um, you know, I've been making a bunch of creatures and all sorts of other weird stuff, uh, 
some for imagination. I've been doing reference drawing uh, for the last couple of weeks. And one of the interesting things I think, it, to me, it feels like a misnomer to a degree is that is that if you have an idea for something as an artist that you actually know what it looks like. Cause actually what you're, what you're describing to me actually feels very similar to what the feeling is when I start, even if I start drawing a cat or something like that, where I'm like, I have a vague idea of how this thing is assembled. And it's, it's the act of putting the lines down that helps you start to actually like mm -hmm. uh, close in on that. So I'm really curious actually, like what it would, what it would actually be like. Maybe it's something we should just do. Cause it'd be fucking fun. Um, but like to have you draw something from memory and describe kind of like how it's going, uh, or like what's what's happening there because I it's so much of it actually happens like the reason undo is like the thing everybody needs and like the last tool is the thing everybody wants when it comes to like mm -hmm. digital art because being able to move shit around cut things copy things twist them whatever is so required for all of it um, like you're not really at a there's you know, there's a lot of people who are very into being able to put down like the correct line right that's like a a draftsmanship thing I am not one of those people I don't think I'll ever be because I I came to the game late you know, my twenties as opposed to when I was a kid. So like, I, I literally, I don't think I, I very rarely put down the correct line ever uh, to start with. It's always has to be like fuddled with a bit. And so I, I wonder, I wonder to what degree what you're describing is, is a result of the aphantasia as opposed to just like how it is hard to, you know, like just hard draw to draw stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know I, mean? I think it's a, it's a two parter, right? Because, mm -hmm. If you're trying to draw something, you know, new, then you have to be like, oh, I know what a, I know what the 3D model of a cat is, and I can like move it in my brain, and I can, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's that's one, and I would actually treat that as a completely separate problem from being able to picture a thing you've seen before, because this is the visual memory problem, right? Is is like a thing you've seen before is then just a static image of something that exists. So you're not inventing it, and I think I would treat these as two completely separate and probably not independent, but two separate problems. So when it comes to the visual memory part, um, it's like right now, like I'm, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking at my office and I can see like where the windows and doors are. Right. Uh, if I were to, if I were to close my eyes, right. And like, or if I were to go downstairs, right. If I were to go, like, go downstairs, like get away from the space. And then like in like five minutes, then say like, Oh, like what, let me try to draw my view from my desk. Mm. Right. And I sat down and I tried to do it. I would have to think extremely hard to figure out, like how many windows there are and where they are. And I wouldn't do it based on what I remember visually. I would do it based on like, oh yeah, I'm just like, cause right now I just pay attention to the fact that there are two windows here. Otherwise I'd probably forget. Right. Uh, but I know that there's like, oh yeah, the bathroom is over there and it's in like this like kind of thing that comes out, you know, from the rest of the wall and there's a door there. It's so like, because that's how I get in. So like, I know there's a door here. I'm not sure which way it opens from, but if I thought about it, I'd be able to figure it out because like one way makes more sense. Right. <laughs> so this is how, like, this is how I construct, uh, like things that I have seen before is not like not I can't by walking a, through the picture, but yes, yeah, I can't do it with a right. picture. Right. right. And so, but, but like I still like my interactions almost. It's a series of interactions and like things yeah. that must be true, like based on like how, how much I've interacted in that space and like what I can remember from it. And I, and I can memorize things like, Oh yeah. So if I actually took a second and memorize the fact that there are two windows in front of me, then like now I have that, but I'd have no sense of like how tall or far apart they were unless I consciously memorized that too. Right. Mm -hmm. Or in the case of like, I've got a cat tree in one window or going up one window. Right. And the cats are always like sitting up on the top of that and then like trying to grab the shades and stuff. It's like that fact, like that interaction that I'm constantly dealing with and trying to get them to quit it, you know, 
I can then use to reconstruct the fact that I have very tall windows up here, right? Mm. But I, I, would, I, don't, I don't picture them like as a tall thing. So when I'm trying to when I'm trying to figure out like what a thing was in my memory, this is also why then like travel for me is always very difficult unless I have a GPS because because even on the same routes that I've been on lots of times, because if I can't, I have to have like very explicit details that jump out that I can memorize, mm-hmm. right? That like I have to consciously memorize, and so so like taking a highway somewhere where there's like enormous ass signs where I'm like, oh yeah, I need the Lindbergh exit or whatever, right? If like if that is the thing, I can do that every single time, right? But even today, going to like our Target, that's yeah, basically 15 minutes away from us. It's always the same exit. Always happens in the same order, obviously, right? Um, it's always a surprise to me when that exit appears <laughs> every fucking time because like leading up to it, it's just, it's just fucking road. Right. And yep. sure. If I was like, if I was able to, to less consciously like remember like milestones and like, and things, of course there's, even though it's all road, there's a bunch of different shit, like definitely. Right. Um, but it's not so different that I just, you know, jumps out show up. Yeah. Right, in a, in a way, because like since I have to memorize it explicitly, then I have to. It has to be something that I can like, I can register in a really explicit way to be able to then recognize that I see it. Because that's the other part too. Is like even when I memorize things, because I can't map that back on. I can't map that back on directly, implicitly, to space. It all has to be done explicitly. Where I'm like, right. oh shit, that's that one restaurant, right? Because I see the sign for it and I read it, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what that is. Um, I, I mean, this is definitely a a spectrum. Because oh, yeah, I can, absolutely. I can, I I'd say I can relate to about like eight out of ten of those things, very <laughs> right. very concretely. Because yep. um, yeah, I know, like I I have a hard time recognizing faces unless I've spent a lot of time with the person. Yeah. Like if I if I see that same person again, like maybe I think GDC is especially hard for me because I'll see somebody, chat with them for a couple hours, I'll see that same person in the next GDC, and and it will take me like twenty minutes into the conversation before like that connection is reformed of like exactly who this person is (laughs) and i have to just kind of like play it off you know i'm like oh yeah how's it going yeah and i was to build that from context clues right where it's like because i'll because i'll have like i'm more likely to have a vague recollection of the conversation right and about the things we talked about than about the like the face of the person and so so i'll tend to be like oh that person looks familiar (laughs) yeah i'll always have that like because like because that's yeah, I don't know well, what everyone's yeah, doing. Yeah. But there's like, there's knowing to- there's knowing that you've talked to that person before, seeing them being like, yeah, being like that face. I've spent some time looking at that face. Yeah, but not being able to connect it back immediately right. to the name, to the to conversation, the name, to who they are, all that. Kind yeah. Of stuff. yeah, yeah. But it, it does help a lot when when people have like a really defining sort of visual feature you know it's like there's there's one one person i met at gdc a long time ago actually not even at gdc it's some other thing who then saw lots of gdc and she just has super distinctive hair like yeah very unambiguous so you, you guys even both know who i'm talking about right like uh and, and so now every time it's like that that allowed me to like map really well because like her hair was so distinctive because nobody nobody else i've ever met has has a hairstyle like that yeah that it was actually it, it allowed me to actually She's now somebody I've kept in touch with, and I would I would bet anything it's because like I was able to you remember were able who to. she was because <laughs> yeah. I talked to her. Head, you know? And uh, yep. yeah, yep. so that's I don't know, that's weird. That is weird. All right, let's get on to the next question from Jim Dangle Uzahu, who says, "Hello, 
I recently started doing a game with my brother that is supposed to be our first commercial release. Congratulations. Nice. Yeah. The problem is we underestimated how long it would take to make it. Welcome to the club, obviously. And it's probably <laughs> – that's, that's the only kind of estimation you can do when it comes to making a thing. And it's probably not going to be done in like another year or so. Mm. Listening to you guys talk about the situation in the market made me realize that this was a huge mistake. You have to start small. Anyway, I guess my question is – Is this your first game and first commercial game? Because that's the – that's a good question. I don't yeah. know about that. Yeah. Um, how long do you think a game should take to be made, especially if it's the very first project? Okay, so I we we talked a lot about how you should start small, make some small stuff, use that to kind of like build recognition for yourself. And, and build skill. And Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, though, that's a really hard line to walk in retrospect in a very saturated market because it's – it's already hard to build name recognition for your studio with a with huge, a spectacular, big game. spectacular game, right? Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, agree. I don't think I, think I don't think there's like an easy answer here. No, I think but, I think know. I agree that, that that the approach of of trying to make smaller games in order to build a name for yourself uh, is not is probably not a a good move in terms of like time spend versus you know leverage, right? But I think doing it to learn how to make games, how to run a team, how to organize work, um, how to skill up. And because so, even thinking back to, you know, so we're working on Crashlands 2 right now. Um, and sometimes I wish we did that instead of level head, like for various reasons. But had we done that, our ability to make Crashlands 2 would be severely hampered in terms of like yep. what we envisioned for it because level head was a great game that required us to learn a fuckload of stuff to be able to pull it off and to develop tons of infrastructure and all of that. And we changed our, our work practices like three times during that, during that time. Um, and if it wasn't for all of that, making something at the scale of Crashlands 2 uh, would probably be like a six-year project instead of a three-year project or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. If we could do it at all. Um, so so there is, I, th I think the main value of doing these smaller projects is to learn how to do the work. Yeah, I Learn think how that, to make a game, learn how to get it out. Yeah, and I think it's it's the the part that people generally don't find to be the sexy part of, of game dev, right? Is actually what you need to learn. Uh, if you're already interested in, on the game dev side, then the thing to learn is how to do it from a just getting the game distributed Signing up the platform, talking to platform, talking to press, whatever. And I think I think to rephrase the question a little bit, it's not about how small the game is um, per se, because the, the the reality is you cannot compete on content. You no. cannot if that's in anywhere part of the plan. Like you you cannot. So it's not about how small the game is. It's more so about uh, if it's the case that the game you have is is unique enough uh, to actually grab some attention when it comes out. And whether that's the mechanical side of it, whether that's the art side of it. Um, and the reason I make up the distinction is because, like, you can have a really unique looking game uh, or a really unique sort of general uh, mechanic and produce that in a short period of time or a long period of time, um, depending on, like, your other sort of factors you got going on. I, th I think the core thing to focus on is really that question of, is the thing you're making actually unique enough to stick out given how much content you're going to be able to make for it. Because what that typically means, and this is the reason why indies tend to be more experimental is because since they cannot compete on content, then the traditional uh, games and the traditional things that are already out there uh, tend to not be things that you can participate in. So like even Crashlands, like the original Crashlands was a massive 
gamble, massive gamble, uh, like a deathbed gamble, because of the fact that it was a it was trying to compete in like the open world crafting space. Yeah. Which like, as far as content goes, like you need a lot of shit to fill up both sides of those. But you look at games like um, we were actually just talking about the short hike this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's ways you can you can do a game that is is very is very like good at hitting the market and it has a very unique selling proposition that doesn't require a shitload of content. So that's that's mainly what I would focus on is like it should be something that's technically not so difficult that it takes you years to figure out how to do it. It should be something that doesn't require boatloads of content somewhere in there. That also it's not a short hike is a misleading one though, because that one, that one has, that one actually is very content dense, you know? So like you experience the full, like if you did everything, you experience the full content in probably like, I don't know, four or six hours or something. Um, you can play the whole game without trying to get all the content in like an hour, which is what I did. Um, yesterday uh but there's actually a lot there's a lot going there's like there's a lot going on there right so that one's actually kind of a misleading example because it feels like the scope is small because the game is short in duration um but the scope is still not small and my bet is that took a long time to to build especially with that tight of a design that it has um so yeah so which is actually gets to the point of like what is scope mean yep. what does it mean for a game to be too big right and it depends on your context so like it depends yeah. on what roles you and your, your brother have who's really good at what uh etc and so i think it's 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 far more important to to nail down a, a really interesting and fun concept and spend the time there that you can execute on with your team in a short period of time that actually could possibly hit the market and then let you deploy on a bunch of different platforms. Yeah. The short uh, period of time part is all about runway. It's how much time do you have? Because we all have finite time we can afford. And depending on how, uh, you know, how privileged you are, or how lucky you've been or, or whatever, um, the amount of runway you have available to you is going to differ enormously. So that's the first question. And the second question is, is, is given that the game is not likely to be successful, just period, but especially if it's your first one, right? Um, then, Which isn't a knock on the game. It's just that, that it is a that's game. That's just the truth of, yeah. Of so it's not likely to be successful. <laughs> yeah. Then, then the question is not just like, okay, well, we've got two years of runway or whatever you have, right? Um, especially if you're doing it part-time and so that you can kick out that runway ways. Uh, it, then what happens at the end of that if you consume the entire runway to make a thing that's not likely to succeed, right? Or, I mean, yeah. minus, minus runway, if it's just, if you're working, say, uh, on nights and weekends or just as like a side thing, mm-hmm. then you do have runway still and it's morale yeah. runway. Yeah. It's, and the reality is like having a game, and, yeah, having and a game that's the out, team together. Yeah. A game that's out that is doing like medium is honestly so much better than a project that you're just working on for a very long fucking time. Uh, yeah. Because it like, Especially in the beginning, yeah. Like you need a couple. So I guess I guess the answer then is like, how long should it take to be to make the game? The answer is always as short as possible, mm-hmm. given that uh, given your that team construction, the your morale limits, uh, how much financial uh, and yeah. time privilege you have. Um, so maybe the question goals are. Yeah. So the question you should be asking yourself is, how fast can you make a game at this stage? How fast can you make an interesting? High quality, polished game. Yeah, and I, th- I, I think an easy way to think about it is, uh, is that you should be optimizing for learning. Honestly, yeah. like for the first couple, and that, and that means the whole learning, the whole fucking pipeline, like distribution, everything. And so, if you think about it yeah, through that lens, how do we make a game and finish it? How do we yes. get a game onto platforms and distribute it? How do we think about marketing? How do we 
how do we do all of it? And a lot of this, like if you make a good enough thing and you don't want to do certain parts of it, you know, you can sell off parts of your revenue to publishers or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. There's there there are ways to get around the parts that you don't want to do. Uh, but the first thing you have to do is figure out what the hell even are those parts, right? And like, and what are the components that go into it, and and what what do we want to do? What what parts of it do we want to have responsibility for? Uh, which regards, yeah, just doing it. Yep, get just get stuff out. Uh, then then move on to the two three year uh, projects once you have a much better sense of what you're doing. I also caution you though. There's a pretty good chance that if you do pivot and say uh, we're going to get we're going to make a game in the next three months or the next six months and launch it. Um, there's a pretty good chance that you'll turn back around and look at this game that you've been working on for years and just throw it in the garbage. Because yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. you'll, you'll, you might realize that with the stuff that you've learned in this smaller project, that you've done some unsustainable things in this mm-hmm. bigger game project. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the key to all of it is, is to not be married to a particular design requirement Um, because this is where these like projects go on forever is like someone someone says like here's the design i want here here's like it has to have this feature it has to have this whatever right and anytime a thing is a requirement for that game to to be what you want it to be um that that is where you don't get to stop doing it because because now that means you're not you actually don't care about making and selling a game what you care about is making a specific game um and you you got to be able to stop doing that. Yeah, which is I think this is kind of an interesting this is an interesting thing that happens in, in game development. And I I think this happens also probably with authors. I think it's an pe- any creative work. I don't think it's any. I, I think there's there's certain kinds of creative works that people will get really fixated on a very particular concept and believe that that if they can make that thing, that one thing, then that thing is going to be incredibly successful. I think it's, it's for large-scale creative works that yeah, always like require you, lots of time. Because you, you don't see this with somebody being like, I'm going to pick up guitar because I have this one song in my head that like I know that if I could just nail that one song – I'll be a rock star, you know, mm-hmm. um, or like, oh, I'm going to learn how to draw because I have this picture that I really want to make and nobody else can make it but me. So I'm going to spend 10 years learning to draw. Um, you know, you don't really get that. But when it, when it comes to these large scale things, I think maybe because they're so large scale, um, people believe they have a better idea of some kind of large, intricate, complicated well, outcome. It, it, I think it's actually, actually that it makes them all, it makes each, like each individual game or novel or, you know, other large scale work, uh, because you can make such a small number of them, you know, like it takes us, it takes us years, years to make a single video game, right? That means that our, over yeah. our lifetime of, you know, like working on stuff, we've got, I don't know, how many we got in us, like, we got like 15, 10, yeah. 20, if we're really We're really working on number looking. seven uh, as far as like larger uh, ones that we've planned But in the past seven years, we're working on number two. Yep. You know? So, yeah. uh, so like it takes a long time to do this. It takes a long time to write a novel. And so the importance, like the weight, the gravitas, you know, that you put on that one work is so heavy that it makes it really hard to see it both as like a thing – that you're doing for if you're if it's a commercial work, then it's a thing you're doing to sell to people, right? And but it's also one of the few things you get to make, right? So, yeah. 
So versus like versus works of art, and works of art can take a long time depending on the medium and like what what it is, right? But if you're a super skilled artist and say like say you're super skilled at drawing, right? It's unlikely that even a large scale work for you is going to take more than like a few days or something, mm-hmm. right? Um, painting, similar deal. Like any kind of any kind of one of these things. Like you might kick it out a bit if it's like a really big piece or or whatever, but but it's still you're not talking like not that, years. It's not years. You're not doing a very small finite number of of work items right and that also makes every single thing you make it makes it easier to then make a you know make a draft of a thing right because you can make drafts of a complete work of art by sketching the whole work of art and then like going back and like refactoring right you can't can look make at, a draft of the game yeah. you want to make because it's it everything is too hard right to do that it, or, or making the draft just takes a long time there's no there's no piece of it where you get to like see it and see what it could be Right. With like a well, this is something we've been kind of we've been kind of laughing about with Crashlands too, because we actually do have an idea of all of the systems we want to have in this game, mm-hmm. and and we had originally talked about like, okay, we're going to start in this early phase of like developing prototypes and stuff, um, but we can't prototype Crashlands two because Crashlands two is is you know is comprised of like. 18 large scale systems that all talk to each other. Yep. And each of those systems is going to take a couple of weeks to get off the ground, you know? Mm-hmm. So you, you, and it's not until all of those systems are there that the foundation of Crashlands 2 even exists. Yeah. Well, and some of right. what we have is nothing even close to things that we've done before. And so a lot of what we're doing is still like flailing and learning before yep. we even get to make the prototype. And yep. so, yeah, so we're talking, you know, six months to a year. To to convert the ideas that we've had so far into a functional prototype that actually demonstrates those ideas, right? Yeah, yeah. So, which is all to say, I guess uh, when you're first getting started, you're gonna have a lot more questions than answers. Shit's really hard, <laughs> and that will continue um, to be true the whole time. Yeah, but but if you just try try not to get totally fixated on making like the perfect game or the dream game or the game that has to do this one particular thing and focus more on what resources you have available and design and ha- the resources, not the other yeah, way around. Yeah. Use those as constraints and, and try to get some high quality products out the door as fast yeah. as you can. Yeah. I think if you, instead of saying, you know, okay, we want to make this game. How long will it take? Instead say, we want to make a game in, three months or six months or whatever. Yeah. What can we make? What, what can, can we, we make do? given the realistic resources we have available? Yeah. And, and uh, if you have three months available, try to plan out a game that you can make in a month and a half. Cause it'll take three months. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then, yeah. Always building that, that two X buffer. Cause you'll still be wrong. And like, if you, if you plan a three month game, uh, it'll easily balloon to six months or three years or whatever. Right. If you're, yep. If, yep. if you're two things, one, not careful and allow it to be, but then two, if you're just inexperienced. And so you don't actually know how hard certain things are and all of that. And then three, if you don't let go of the original idea, mm-hmm. you know, cause you need to adapt to the reality of, of what your capabilities are as a team and the thing you're trying to make and the time that you have to do it in. Yeah. So hopefully that helps. Well, yeah. any yeah. final thoughts? No. All right. Uh, yeah, and of course, once you get it out, let us know. I want to I see. I want to see this first game. Uh, so that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Costa, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, go to podcast.bscotch.net. We have links to the community Discord. 
a way for you to donate and links to the podcast archives. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.